It's time for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken is a nationally syndicated automotive journalist and photographer who's been in and around the industry for over 30 years. So tune in for your fill of automotive information and entertainment with your automotive ringmaster, Ken Chester. Boy, that introduction makes me sound kind of old. You know, I I think that, honestly, it needs to be Jack as the ringmaster. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, we're not, no, going, no, we're not but, going that far. No, but we also know he is old. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> Welcome to Roadworthy Drive. I am your automotive host and tour guide, no matter what they say, for the hour, Ken Chester. So glad you could join us. I'm sure by now you have heard or read about the first recorded death of a person by an autonomous car. That vehicle was operated by Uber in Arizona. And it did have a safety driver at the wheel. While we did cover this subject extensively in a previous show, it turns out there's still some information to share and some relevant topics to cover. As a result, I'm going to spend the balance of this hour of our program tying up loose ends of the Uber fallout, as well as to see how Google's self-driving subsidiary Waymo is doing, and then hear from the self-driving vehicle skeptics. There's There's a hater in every bunch. But we're going to give them their due. But first, if you have a burning desire to weigh in on any topic we discuss during the program, connecting with us is pretty easy. Call or text me on the Roadworthy Drive line. That number is 872-222-9793. And it's good 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If email is your preferred method of electronic communication, my email address is ken at roadworthydrive.com. Either way, we'll connect you with the show. Before I share the news tidbits we have found from the parts bin, say hi to the rest of the peanut gallery, otherwise known as the Roadworthy Drive crew. From the designated adult, the suits required to be at the controls, and Roadworthy Drive's answer to an automotive vehicle shredder, my friend and show executive producer, Jack. Holding it down to mic two is our resident geek, tech nerd, and gamer girl, say hi to the sweet and sa- sassy Miss Sasha. Howdy, my peoples. All right, I got a problem. <laughs> do you know a vehicle shredder? And why do 20 you have, seconds? Why do you have to bust me out about being a gamer? Why not? I mean, just because are you or aren't you? I am. All right, then <laughs> we, we keep it real here on Roadworthy Drive. We yes, just keep the truth. Yes, we do. But you need to quit saying <laughs> hater and vehicle shredder. Uh, I've because, only said because it once. I've had a strong opinion about things, and there are some people who like it. There are some people who don't. What? Guess what? I Get don't over care. it. Get wow. over it. Ken, what is in the parts bin this week? Again, people, there's a hater in every bunch. That's no, all I got. No, there's not. What's in the parts bin? Let's go. Okay. Uh, that recent uh, budget bill that was passed by Congress. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, the feds are spending up to $100 million mm-hmm. on autonomous vehicle research. Okay. Um, $60 million of that are grants to fund demonstration projects and, that test the feasibility and safety of self-driving vehicles. Okay. Now, when they're saying, you said testing? The feasibility and safety. Of self-driving vehicles, you know, like uh, Ubers that hit people? Stop. No, what I'm asking is, is that like constructing new um, areas no. where they're going to be testing Not necess- for on the roads that are currently They available. didn't get into all that. They Got said it. demonstration projects. Yeah. They didn't break it down. 
Now, another $38 million are earmarked for U.S. agencies to conduct research into self-driving cars, including, wait for it, cyber security issues. Yeah. See, Jack, your government's on the case and in your face. Well, it's about darn time. There you go. That a boy. Finally, Congress is also setting aside up to $1.5 million to conduct, their words, a comprehensive analysis of the impact of self-driving vehicles on U.S. employment, including the potential pace of job losses among truck, taxi, and other commercial drivers, as well as the possible safety risks, and I thought this was interesting, surrounding commercial autonomous vehicles. Now, truck drivers, we've reported here uh, about a year ago about the coming crisis in the, the number uh, falling number of available truck drivers. Well, and my question becomes now, how in the world do you actually deal with, and I'm just going to say this, no, I am not endorsing any product when I say this. What? <laughs> your beer trucks, yeah. your soda trucks, all those trucks that go around cities delivering all kinds of stuff to all kinds of people. Okay. Are we still going to have drivers for those? Or are they going to try to do it autonomously with the the guy sitting there, and his only job is going to be to Let, deliver let's, the product? Let's make this easy for you. They're not going to mess with first mile, last mile. We talked about that briefly last yeah, week. Like if they had like a distri- um, a hub just outside of town or the city. Which they're building a lot of, by the way. Right. Yes, a lot of warehouses. And then from there, then a, an actual manually driven vehicle takes them from store to store to store. Okay. But I do wonder, like, some of the, like, Walmarts and stuff like that, like the bigger ones that are on the outskirts, I wonder if maybe an autonomous semi could, you know, show up there, back it in, and then their workers take the product but out. But that's where we're going. They're talking about the long-haul, monotonous uh, situation where you're going from hub to hub. Well, right. but you also, at least in the town that we live in, I know you have a shortage of truck drivers. Oh, yeah. Well, it's nationwide. Yeah. No, no, and I'm it's... talking about within the city, not long haul. I'm talking about oh. deli- delivering in the cities. Like what, local? That... Yes. Oh, wow. Well, I guess we'll find out how this technology may free up people to do just that. Because okay. not everybody who wants to drive a truck, uh, including a lot of the guys and gals over the road, want to be over the road. But yeah. the money's really good. Well, that's true. That's now, true. I, I want to I close with this. Under the measure, the funding will go to automated vehicle proving grounds, local governments, or academic institutions, but not to private companies, you know, like uh, Waymo, Uber, <laughs> Lyft. They ain't getting a dime. Okay. Just, so we're, just so we're clear. Okay. And the other question that I've got is, is there anything in there for the talk about vehicle to infrastructure and what that's all I did not see anything like okay. that, but, you know, it's coming. Um let me make a case right now for electric cars. Okay. Um, I really believe that the electric car industry is a lot like the car industry was. Mm-hmm. Um, when the car industry came into being, the horse and the carriage were the main ways of getting around if you weren't taking a railroad engine. That's true. Now, a lot of people said, you know, it's a fad and there were no gas stations, repair shops, any infrastructure whatsoever. Right. So when I hear people talking about, oh, you know, there's no place to charge it, there's no place to do this, there's no place to do it, please, please. We've been here before. Although electric cars comprise less than 1% of U.S. auto sales today, GM, for example, is going to roll out 20 models by 2023. Toyota expects half of what they make 
to offer an electrified option by 2030. Yep. The Ford Motor Company's even formed something called Team Edison, which is a dedicated group that will work to accelerate the development of electric cars. Volkswagen's in the mix with a bunch of electrics that are coming. And uh, BMW was one of the first ones we reported on this about three years ago that said, you know what? We're going completely electric. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of advantages right there. Let me give you just four. No gasoline. That saves two to $4,000 a year. Environmentally friendly. No emissions. Cleaner, greener climate. No maintenance. And I've been pounding on this. Almost 150 parts to the average internal combustion engine. Electric motor, 20. And no fluids. And no belts. Yeah. Work that math. And we've covered it here on this show about the cost difference between a combustion engine ownership model and an electric engine ownership model. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. Let's talk about no maintenance, no fluids, belts, spark plugs of any or any of the many repair possibilities of the gasoline-powered engine and transmission. Yeah, you have to go into the transmission. You're looking at hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And then finally, quiet, less noise pollution, better quality life. I would argue that with the way we're going and we still have stringent uh, emission standards that are coming, fuel economy standards that are coming. Yep. Even if they water down the 2025 standards, you still have standards that are, are more stringent by 2022 than you do now. And I'll throw this out there. Do you realize they even now are talking standards for heavy trucks between 2018 and 2029? So I just read that. Wow. In the, in the EPA's uh, weeds, way off in the weeds. But, yeah, yeah, they're setting those standards now, too. Well, what they're going to end up doing is they're going to end up pricing. Actually, what they're trying to do is get rid of the combustion engine completely. I disagree. I think there's always going to be a place for it, but what's the cost of clean air, my friend? Think about clean air, uh, less particulate in the air, and a better quality of life. I don't think it's necessarily that anyone's out to get the engine, but if if there's better technology out there, for the regular day-to-day commuters, especially in cities, then it's something... To reach for. Next up, the Uber fallout continues. You are riding shotgun with Ken and the Roadworthy Drive crew. Roadworthy Drive. Like us on Facebook. That's why by Ford, I was requesting to come up here to tell you how Motorcraft auto parts from Ford were tested tough in Alaska. Motorcraft tune-up kits with spark plugs were tested in 50 cars and trucks from Ford, GM, and Chrysler. After six months, only one spark plug couldn't take it. One! Motorcraft tune-up kits, they have the stuff. Motorcraft parts are tested tough. If you're just tuning in, this is Roadworthy Drive. That I'm was on the cut, there. I know it, 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 it was. It was. Did he do a hog snort at the I'm end? I'm not sure I, what I, that I don't know was. what it was. No idea. 
Um, this hour, I find myself having to tie together loose ends, if you, if you will, with respect to the first recorded death of a person due to being hit by an autonomous Uber with a safety driver at the controls. Now, first of all, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Honestly, um, other than a few situations where the vehicle fails to operate or navigate around something or really speeds less than 15 miles an hour, I fail to see the benefit of a safety driver. Yeah. Makes well, no the, sense to me. But the safety driver has to be there. Yeah. For what? At 40 miles an hour, if the system fails, that you can move in nanoseconds well, to do something? Well, but we also know part of the reason why that, that young woman got killed was the fact that they turned off that, that feature well, that was on the car. No. It's actually a little more involved than that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. Okay. It's actually deeper than that. But to back up, if the system fails at speed, ain't no way a human, even if your hands are hovering over the steering wheel like their procedures require you to, and you're dialed into what's going on, even though the trip typically is pretty monotonous, but let's just say you're all dialed in. Boom, it happens. It's already too late. Okay. There is absolutely positively, if the system failed to recognize it, you just did. There's no, you, you didn't have time to swerve because you had a process. Wait a minute, there's boom. Okay. And there you are. Just let me know, let me know when you're getting to the point oh, about, I'm, I'm, about the about, about I'm the about to feature. dig right into that right now. Okay. Let's good. start with the obvious. Uh, Arizona governor has suspended Uber's ability to test self-driving cars on public roads. Yeah, he started that mess by uh, uh, by executive edict, and he stopped it too. Now, they also argue that. Uh, Arizona as a state is not pedestrian friendly anyway. They said in the same week in the state of Arizona, mm -hmm. nine other pedestrians were killed by vehicles in general the same week. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now, why, why would a state not be pedestrian friendly? Have you been to Arizona? Not in a very long time. Since. Lighting, lack of sidewalks, particularly when you get out of town. Um, just a lot of different things that it is really you need to be aware well, and the other thing that nobody's really saying, she decided to cross a dark street at night illegally. However. I mean, and she saw that car long before that car could have seen her. You're assuming she did. You're, okay. A, the you're headlights. Assuming, a, you're Not assuming, necessarily. A, you're assuming she did. B, the other thing is, at least in this state, as I understand it, you can hit somebody outside of a crosswalk. They can be jaywalking. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You hit them. It's your butt. Uh, it, uh, is, it is called failure to have control. Yep. So it works the same way like if you uh, rear-ended somebody. Yep. Because in our state, Failure to matter. have control. Yep. Uh, let me throw this out, and this is where you're going, Jack. Okay. Also on Monday, the auto parts maker that supplied the radar and the camera on the Volvo SUV that struck and killed a woman last week said Uber had disabled the standard collision avoidance technology in the vehicle. Why? Now, wow. Now I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Okay. Because it is standard practice to disable other tech as it develops tests on its own autonomous driving system. Now, the Uber crash pointed to apparent failures in the Uber sensor system. 
which failed to slow or stop the car as she crossed the street with a bicycle. And again, people, I say no national standards. We don't know how those Uber sensors compare to Waymo's, GM's, Tesla's, Honda's, Toyota's, uh, Nissan's. We don't know because there are no standards. We don't know if they were inferior. We don't know if they were superior. We don't know if it was a failure. We don't know if it was a shortcoming. We don't know. Yep. The other thing. In Arizona, you're not required, unlike California, to report every time that a driver is required to take control of an autonomous vehicle during a test. In California, that's required, and you need to tell them why. Uber had been fighting with California, and it just got in the license, and the issue with them is because of their licensing was such a short period, we don't, they weren't required to report because the reporting period for them was so short. Okay. Now, they were supposed to renew. They also suspended the renewal in California. So am I to assume at this point that Uber is probably going to be done with autonomous vehicles? I would say, based on the, the person who's running Uber right now, who was questioning why we should be in this in the first place, it would not surprise me. Um, when you're looking at spending money and the billions of dollars you would have to spend for a proprietary system, my question is very simple. Why? 300 companies, we've reported it here, 300 companies are involved in the various aspects of autonomous driving, from infrastructure and cybersecurity to hardware and software and sensors and radar and LIDAR and all of this stuff. Why do I need to reinvent the wheel? It doesn't work. It makes better sense for me to monitor who's developing stuff and buy the best thing I can integrate where someone else has already spent the money. Okay, but... Would would you also buy this argument that the fact that maybe why Uber did this is Uber wanted to be the one that had the technology so that everybody was buying from them? No. There's 300 companies out there, Jack. Everybody's doing this. Yep. They don't have a lock. And, in fact, Waymo's doing better than they are and have been at it for longer. That's if, true. If, uh, uh, we talked about BlackBerry, who's taking their software. They want to become part of the infrastructure security, cybersecurity system. A lot of companies are involved with this. Uber was doing it because it was Uber. Okay. Okay. They weren't doing it to get some advantage. They were doing it because of Uber. But that's not all the Uber news I've got. Um, their suppliers are backing up. Um, intense focus on the accident also prompted Uber suppliers to evaluate its technology. And uh, one of them is NVIDIA. And NVIDIA, a supplier of yep. semiconductors, they're a major uh, supplier in the space. Mm -hmm. uh, they were concerned. They suspended their tests. So they're feeling the heat. But right now, Uber suspended everything everywhere with their autonomous testing. And a couple more things. They just got out of Southeast Asia. They just sold their holdings in Southeast Asia as an aside. They're retrenching, my friend. So um, that's what's going on with Uber right now. My money is they get out and buy it from someone else. Mm -hmm. Don't know what that means to the Volvo order of 20,000, 24,000 cars they got, but we'll see. So, coming up, what's Waymo doing? This is Roadworthy Drive.
tuned in to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. This is the second part of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for dropping by. I'm Ken Chester. For those of you that need more than your fair share of the road, be sure to drop by the show website. Can't talk. Show website. <laughs> Problems. No, I haven't been drinking. I don't what? drink. Yeah. What? No. No. Roadworthydrive.com. Discover audio clips of prior shows. Watch audio clips of our behind-the-scenes antics each week in studio. Yeah, you want some comedy there, let me tell you. Yes. As we produce the show and so much more, including when we disagree. If you think on radio is something, yeah, you need to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. It is a fun time. Fun it times is. are had. I'm waiting for green slime. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sasha is our resident geek and social media diva who shares all sorts of fun and interesting automotive tech news across the universe of social media. Be sure to check to see what she is posting between shows on Facebook and Twitter. You'll be glad you did. You know, you might also want to add uh, Vero to that. Okay, I don't know what that is. It Tell is, them. It is actually the new social media. Um, they are coming in right now, and I think you could still join for free while they're doing their promotional upstart. But it's basically like Facebook used to be. Okay, so how do they get there? Uh, you can go on your Google Play or Apple Store uh, and type in Vero, that is V-E-R-O, um, to get your account. Uh, it is not available on your desktop computer. It is strictly a mobile app. Hence, our resident social media geek people, yes. Sasha, everybody. Yes. Yes. Okay. Waymo. Wasn't Waymo a record company in the 70s? No, that's Waymo and KTEL. <laughs> and, and Waymo is totally something different. Now, see, I was thinking the toy company. It was a toy company. <laughs> okay. You're thinking KTEL, but that's okay. okay. Uh, I understand this. If you don't recognize the name, and obviously Jack does not, <laughs> let me help you. It is the autonomous vehicle unit of Alphabet, in case you don't understand that. That's the parent of Google. Yep. So, yeah. So, Google. Just say Google. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, they actually have been in the autonomous development space the longest, longer than anybody. They started out back around 2011, and I think it might have even been more like uh, 2009. But I think 2011 before they actually had a vehicle on the road. You know, back in the olden days. No, that, that's not old. The, the olden days, yes. It is in computers. Yeah, back in the olden days when you were oper operating with, like, Windows. Wasn't that 3.1? Right, right. Or right before the big revolutionary no, no, no. thing, Windows 95. <laughs> it wasn't that far back, people. Move on. Oh, wow, wow. Back when I said, I don't do Windows and I don't like Mies. <laughs> now I do Windows and I have a mouse. Right. And I like my mouse. Yes, yes. Anyway. When they started, they began with a modified Lexus crossover and even developed their own car. They called it Firefly. Mm, they yeah. did. A little cute, little cutesy thing. I remember pictures. For evaluation purposes. It's actually in a museum now. Did they really? Did this explode? Yeah, Firefly is in a museum. Did they put it in a... Um, it's retired. Which, which museum got a hold uh, you of had, it? You had to ask me that. I don't remember. I will look but it it's, up. But it's in a museum. Using Google, actually. What? What? Okay. 
With all the noise you've been hearing lately about Uber, Lyft, and Tesla, I thought I would bring you up to date on what Waymo's been doing quietly as of late. And what I've learned will surprise you. Uh, let's start with the obvious, because I like to be, you know, obvious. Mr. obvious. Yeah. Uh, Waymo, back in February, obtained a permit from Arizona to operate as a transportation network company, kind of like Uber, meaning it can start charging fees to ferry customers around the region. Okay. Um, according to industry watchers, the two leading companies, and we keep saying there are like 300 companies out there, mm-hmm. Waymo, and wait for it, General Motors. As required by state law, and they're talking California now, automakers must disclose the number of miles driven and the frequency in which human drivers were forced to take control. Um, For last year, Waymo logged in California 353,000 autonomous miles last year with what they call 63 disengagements, GM Cruise 132,000 miles, and 105 disengagements, but they said even that is a 1,400 percent improvement. Now, Waymo's mileage is down, uh, and I'll tell you why that is. But in 2016, uh, on public streets, 635,868 miles. Waymo's moved most of their fleet since then to Phoenix in advance of the launch of their commercial ride-hailing hailing service, uh, the Chrysler Pacificus, that we've talked about often. Correct. So they're going there. Now, Waymo has driven more miles than any other company by order of magnitude in over two dozen U.S. cities. And the company doesn't seem to see these reports as indicative of its overall testing program anymore. They've made that kind of progress. So, continuing on. No other company came close. Just to give you an example. Um... A company called Drive.ai, 6,100 miles. Nissan, 5,000 miles. Uh, a company called Zooks, 2,200 miles. Bosch, they're the German supplier, right. mm-hmm. uh, 2,052 miles. Another company, Aptive, and Aptive supplies some of the sensors to the Uber vehicle, 1,800 miles, and so on. And in the last year, even though they have permits to do it, Ford, BMW, Honda, and Volkswagen haven't done any miles on public California streets. They're still testing either uh, in testing facilities or off-road in their own little world. They're not on the roads in California now, as of yet. the only time that they have to log or tell California they had to disengage was actually on public streets. That's not, exactly right. Not in test tracks, no. not in facilities. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. Now, hold on to your seat. Waymo will launch a self-driving truck pilot program in Atlanta. That was reported last month. The reason why that means a little something is in our next show, we're going to talk about problems Atlanta City is having. And I'm not going to spill the beans, but it's pretty serious, and it makes you wonder about this, particularly when we talk about vehicle-to-infrastructure stuff. Right. Yeah. Cause for pause. Um, Waymo tested the trucks in California and Arizona last year. Now, they're planning this self-driving truck pilot to carry cargo for Google's data centers in Atlanta. And let's see. When they're trying to do this, now they're going to have, their words, highly trained drivers in the cabs to monitor systems and take control if needed. Um, And again, I say, if it's above, like, 
crawling. Why? And you're looking at tens of tons? Yeah. Yeah. At 40 miles an hour, no. Ain't too much a trucker going to be able to do if this thing malfunctions. Yep. Even if they're paying full attention. Yep. So they're looking at this as a multi-billion dollar opportunity to remake urban transportation systems. I guess we will see on what's going on that. Um, as they expect, and we talked about this, long-distance trucking will benefit from autonomous trucks in the coming years. So we're, we'll see how Waymo does with that. And I'll save the rest of this for another time, but they're going to hook up with Jaguar. Oh. Finally, the self-driving skeptics weigh in. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. This is the last part of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you so much for dropping in. I'm your host, Ken Chester. Now, we were talking about Waymo in the last segment, and I want to finish up because I saved the best for last on that uh, before we hear from the skeptics <laughs> and the peanut gallery. Of course. <sighs> yeah. Um, Waymo is bringing their self-driving tech to a major automaker. Who is that? Jaguar. Oh. Really? They've announced the first premium, fully self-driving car. They're going to use Waymo technology with the brand-new Jaguar I-Pace, which is their electric, small, compact luxury uh, SUV. Mm -hmm. It's Waymo's first obvious step towards bringing autonomous vehicles to Europe. And Waymo's actually buying 20,000 of them. Oh. The deal's worth about a billion dollars. The all-electric I-Pace will test this year before being deployed in 2020. Wow. Yeah. This is the sixth model in uh, Waymo's lineup, including a small car, an SUV, uh, the Firefly prototype we talked about, a minivan, uh, Chrysler Pacifica, and the semi-truck for operations. Their goal, we want to build a self-driving car for every passenger and every trip. This is Waymo talking. Um, he also mentioned that particular I-Pace has a bigger battery, allowing the car to drive all day. So they want to get that fleet out. Well, GM is talking, was talking, and this is ironic because this, this news broke a week after the Uber accident. Oh. And uh, GM's cruise fleet is supposed to launch with Uber working to get their fleet out by mid-2019. My response to Uber... I doubt it. Now, yes. So I'll leave that. Um, but I wanted to share that little bit. I thought it was pretty cool. And uh, we'll see. Uh, for the record, uh, the iPACE is going to use a 90-kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery that delivers up to 240 miles of range, rapid public charging, 0 to 80% in 40 minutes, with 15-minute charges giving up to roughly 60-mile range. Okay. So 
there's that. Okay. Now, um, America is skeptical of self-driving cars in a new global study. Political differences hint at impending car culture clash. Here you go, Jack. Nearly one in four Americans, and I quote, would never use an autonomous vehicle. And I think that number probably has gone up since the Uber accident. Uh, uh. Um, those in China, by contrast, twice as likely to say they cannot wait. I'm right there. Even the Canadians are a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, moreover, more would continue to prefer owning their own vehicle. That's 42%. As opposed to hiring one on a per-use basis, 22%. And I'm sorry, Sasha... Or leasing one for monthly subscription fee, only 14%. They'll, they'll come around. So is, come is, around. is Canvas a bus? No, 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 no. Canvas is, is, is Canvas the future of mobility. a bus? No, 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 no. Once they actually uh, expand out and they get more people actually buying into the idea, the price is going to drop and it's going to be a direct threat to leasing and payment options. We'll see. We'll see if Ford and their experiment called Canvas, currently mm-hmm. out in California, yes. gets any traction, literally. Now, <laughs> they said cost is a factor. 24% of this survey said they would switch to a self-driving car if it costs the same as the current car. But get this. 45% would switch if it cost, their words, much less. But it does cost much less. I'm just saying. I mean that's that's like back. Well, but again, part of part of where my skepticism is uh-huh. is the fact of I have not publicly seen, but then again, I really haven't looked, so I'll I'll own that part of it. Okay. Um, what in the world does this stuff do in the wintertime? Well, we're seeing Teslas here in Iowa yeah, in the wintertime. But what he's talking about is the fully autonomous methodology as opposed to electric. Oh. Correct. Correct. See? I mean, I, I think you. I think what Ken just said, my concern is the electric part of it. Yes. My concern of it is the autonomous part of it. Uh, right. On the electric part, there are Tesla Model S's in our city right now. I have never seen one on the side of the road. Even in the winter. Well, and I've seen them driving in the winter. Like yeah. there was snow so, and I'm rain. not getting I'm not getting all bent out of shape. Now the autonomous piece, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I mean that and occasional, you know, deer. Mm-hmm. Moose. Well, well yeah, well yeah. I wanna I wanna see Coyote. What, I wanna see what happens when, when Bambi or uh, Moose and Squirrel walk out in front of the car. Exactly. It and won't I- be Rocky and Bullwinkle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> But here's my thing. I mean, that it brings that into when you even here in this city, you know, you guys still get deer, you know, coming off of the interstate. And I have followed go, deer down a city street. Go that way. Okay. South. About less than a mile. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. You, and, and you have Waterworks Park. Right? right. And in that park is a whole bunch of deer. The other night when I left work here. Okay. I had to go. I had to go around the old Tech High School. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And as I'm making that curve to get on to mm-hmm. one of the one of the main north south streets, uh huh, sitting right there underneath the bridge that's got got the traffic above me, uh huh, mm-hmm. sat three deer and a buck. Yeah. Sound like a party to me. Right. Well, Just but saying. well, but again, I don't need three of them stepping out. I've only made three payments on my truck for crying out loud. Yeah, I know. That's, well, me- see, that's messed that up, That right there, it? Jack, that right there is exactly where people are going to get to. Because you've only made three payments, and all it takes is drunk driver, Bambi, Moose, to come out there, 
And oh, by, I, the, let oh, me by the way, about about the drunk driver, uh-huh. we followed one last yeah. night who pulled right out in front of me. Let me throw this at you. Perhaps the reluctance of Americans to embrace this emerging technology has to do with its strong identity as a car culture. Check this out. Nearly what? six yeah. in yeah. ten people consider themselves car people. My people. My people. <laughs> yeah. I knew my people. No, no, no. If they my people. If they're car people, though, are they on pedal? I got nothing for that. Do they not have nothing no, for that? No, I got that? nothing for that. 81% feel that the car they own, mm-hmm. the, I'm sorry, the car they drive, okay. reflects their personality. Yep. Well, not only that, not only that too, but if you, if you go look at any Barrett Jackson auction through the years, um, you've got thousands upon thousands of people that go to these things every year. I got one question. What's it's that? killing me. What does your truck say about you, Jack? Let me think about that. <laughs> I love that. Song. I couldn't resist. I had to throw that out there. Yeah, and, um, and he talks about it. He talks about it. No, no, no. Haters. You're not allowed to ask me that. Uh, no. <laughs> many Americans, thirty percent, would take actually more road trips and self-driving cars, including yep. longer trips and new destinations. Imagine that. Autonomous parking is a thing too. So that's it. As we come to the other end of an hour of Roadworthy Drive, on behalf of the Roadworthy Drive crew. Thanks for listening. This has been Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.